1: Welcome into Kindlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Mads, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we have our first off-season pod. It's weird. We don't have a game to talk about or look ahead to. So we're going to start looking at the off-season And we're going to look at the 49ers needs before we start diving into real, you know, specific players and and all that jazz. We're going to go into what the 49ers need, uh, some of their pending free agents, some holes that they had this past season that they need to fill, some holes that they might have in the offseason that they'll need to fill. And we're going to try and build out a a 49ers uh, team that can go back to the Super Bowl. It's always so weird in the like couple days after the team that you write about or cover is out of the is done with the season right? because the like there's such a rhythm to it and you don't get to like gear down and be like okay we can start to kind of it's like no the season's over and now you talk about an entirely different set of
2: stuff. It's. You, you quick football cold turkey, basically. Yes. It's, it's like it's like going from, you know, access Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, you know, access in terms of like interviews mm-hmm. and stuff like that and, and having stuff to pull from to exit interviews after the last game, which were what, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday this week. Mm-hmm. And then nothing, nothing till the combine. It's just gone. It's just <laughs> gone. So. Um, but now's the time. It's a good time for us to, uh, to, to give the listeners a primer of what's to come in the offseason because, um, we haven't talked about like cap space and free agency and all that much. We've alluded to it, but now's the time when we can, we can talk about the team building aspect of it and put our GM hats on and, uh, hope, hope people a year from now don't come back and and listen to our takes on this stuff. Dude, it's the, (laughs) yeah,
1: it's the first time since like so the 49ers made the trade up in the draft at the end of March this is the first time that we've talked before a show where we're like what are we gonna talk about like what are we doing today because we had the trade up the draft and all that craziness with Mac Jones and Trey Lance and who's it gonna be and all that jazz and then they 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 pick Trey Lance and there's the discussion of how, how did the Mac Jones thing happen? Okay. How does Trey Lance fit? And by the time that all settled down, it was into OTAs. And now it's like, wow, Trey Lance looks amazing at OTAs. There's just been this, this conversation. And now it just kind of screeched to a halt. It is, it's just, like I said, it's, it's always a wild wild departure from the season because you have a game Sunday and then you talk about, you know, you have coach availability and then player availability and this and that, and then another game but now it's just like, man, there's no, like, there's quarterback stuff to discuss, but we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo last episode and there's nothing really to, to spin forward on that. It's just a, I, when you texted me that today, like, what do you want to do? Is like, man, that's, we have not had to talk about that in a long
2: time. Yeah. And usually we just hop on here and we are like, all right, we'll just talk about all the current stuff because, yeah, <laughs> you know, we got plenty of it, but yeah, now, now it's, it's definitely in a weird spot. And what was, I, I mean, it's, it was weird this week, like being on Jimmy Garoppolo's conference call was just weird. There was a very odd sense of finality to it all. And it was just like, damn, we're never going to talk to Jimmy Garoppolo in this setting again. Like if we ever talk to Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to be like maybe on a conference call if the 49ers end up playing him and the team he's playing on. Right. So it was just, or, you know, seeing him at an event or whatever, if, we, if we're ever able to go to events again. Um which we are. I mean hopefully. Can I compare
1: can I compare it to to something that's that I feel like you will definitely understand and hopefully the listener understands. Uh wire spoilers coming up because I just finished watching the wire. So fast forward about a minute if you don't want the end of the wire spoiled for you. (laughs) But you know at the end of the wire when McNulty goes and parks his car and he looks out over Baltimore. Whoa, spoiler. (laughs) And then and they well like McNulty doesn't die. Um
2: Okay, now you are smiling.
1: So yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, hey, here we go. I said heads up. All right. So and then it goes through and it shows all the characters and like what they're doing now and like the montage, and then he just gets in his car and drives away.
2: Yeah, that's, and, kind, of, that's kind of what Jimmy did this week. Yeah, when he was just like, <laughs> "All right,
1: guys, see ya." He's like, "Oh, it's just roll credits." This entire era of 49ers football is over now. It's done. And that's it. The Jimmy Garoppolo era and all the conversations we had from 5-0 to the torn ACL to the Super Bowl run to the to the injury-filled 2020 season to the Trey Lance trade to the run of the NFC Championship is over with a see ya.
2: Somebody should do a character <laughs> study comparison of Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Jimmy McNulty. <laughs> <laughs> Because you could like, in terms of career arcs the, and like the, the life fake of serial a killer
1: was the fake run to the NFC Championship. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, you know, the obviously two who were pretty good at their jobs when it mattered, and sometimes had some bad habits, and uh, you know, I, both were um, sought after by members of the opposite sex. Dude, come to th- <laughs> come to think of it, you
1: know about. The same amount of time, I would say, oh, God, Jimmy. They both took risks.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jimmy.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, Jim. Oh, no. Man. I'm putting that on you. I'm putting that directly on your shoulders.
2: That's not newspaper content. That's internet content, buddy. That's that's way up your street right now. You just watched it.
1: That'd be topical too. A nice article about the Wire in
2: 2022. Yeah, when he, you know, when when he signed or gets traded to the Steelers, all the you know Neil and and all the Steelers Wire people have content to pull from. There we go. <laughs> anyway, comparing,
1: comparing Jimmy Garoppolo to the Wire characters. Six six Wire characters that Jimmy Garoppolo most <laughs> compares to. Let's talk about the 49ers offseason needs.
2: Yeah, let's do it. So
1: there's a lot of them. There's a
2: sneaky (laughs) lot of things they need
1: to, they need to.
2: So yeah, let's, let's break it down in the broadest sense. First of all, the 49ers, as of this moment, Thursday evening, February 3rd, um, according to over the cap, they have 5.1 million in cap space. But obviously if Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded before June one, which we all presume will happen, um, that will clear up 25.5 million in cap space. So you're looking at over $30 million in space. Um, seven more potentially if they find a way to get rid of D Ford with the post June one designation, whether that's trade or release. Um, and I I think there's a um, I don't think it would be all that surprising if D Ford retired given the the state of his back um, and everything he's had to go go through just to play and and he's made a lot of money so I think he would you know not be Anyway, I don't want to speculate on D Ford, but it wouldn't surprise anybody if he if he retired. Um, and then you have, you know, so you have thirty seven point six million in space roughly um, with Garoppolo and D Ford gone uh, on top of the cap space that they have. And then that's also before reworking the deals. You know, some of the some of the big contracts could be reworked. Space could be created Um potentially you know uh, money turned from base salary into signing bonus so it's spread out over the life of the contract guaranteeing more money down the road but shrinking cap space in the meantime so you're looking at guys like Eric Armstead uh, Trent Williams George Kittle um, and you could also do something similar by extending guys and I think Jimmy Ward has one year left on his contract Um, Mike McGlinchey is kind of an interesting case right now because he's going into his fifth season Um, and he could be an extension candidate. I think if you, if you just pay him on the fifth year option, he's making over $10 million. So if you didn't think Mike McGlinchey was a $10 million player, but you also didn't want right tackle to be a super pressing need, maybe you, you sign him to an extension while, you know, shrinking his cap space currently, and then, um, giving yourself a little bit of security at that position in 2023. Right. Um, Other notable contracts, Alex Mack is under contract for 6.7 million. So if he retires, obviously the 49ers aren't going to be on the hook for all of that. Um, Robbie Gold, $5.5 million cap hit. I'm just putting that out there that it's notable. Um, And then you have Debo Samuel currently making 4.9 against the cap for 2022. Nick Bose is at 10.8. I would imagine if those guys, if and when those guys get their new contracts, you're looking at those cap numbers not getting substantially bigger but obviously you're going to have that money backloaded when the salary cap goes up starting next right. season substantially which is what they did with Trent Williams and some of their other bigger contracts they allocated a lot of that money when the cap set to explode with the new TV money coming in um so that's where they're at right now it's looking like like it wouldn't but Put, to put a bow on all of, all those details it wouldn't be all that surprising if the 49ers ended up with 40 to 45 million in space um but then mm-hmm. they also have a lot of free agents that they need to consider and mm-hmm. uh, their own guys and obviously guys in the open market as well
1: and no first round pick and
2: no first round pick which is tough but it also saves them money cuz they're not going to have to pay right you know first round picks don't get nothing i mean top 15 guys usually are, are Uh, I don't know. I mean, those contracts are fully guaranteed, but those guys are making eight to, I mean, I I shouldn't, but but you can uh, rookies drafted early can make a substantial amount of money.
1: Sure. And I think, I think just in terms of when you talk about, when you talk about the amount of cap space they have, they're not going to have a ton of premium draft capital. If they want say a corner, they might have to go pay a corner versus selecting one early in the draft
2: yeah yeah i mean they have
1: that's that's all i meant by them not having a first round pick it just kind of changes the calculus a little bit if they need to invest in a premium position they may not be able to do that with a cost controlled rookie
2: right right that was so so yeah so they is there anything else you want to add from from a uh, financial mechanics standpoint
1: no i I think the biggest thing though is what you just laid out with the savings they'd get from moving on from Garoppolo is just that is that if nothing else is one of the reasons he won't be back i just i've seen I've seen just the <laughs> Not a lot of people, but I've seen enough uh, national people and uh, talking heads, pundits and such saying, you know, well, there's there's always a chance. Like, mm,
2: I don't think so. man. I would be shocked. I think I would something be, would have to happen. I would be floor, like there, there would have to put it this done. way. I think there would have to be a dramatic change, of course, for yes. that to happen at this yes. point. Yes. So I just I I if,
1: if that's if anybody sees that anywhere, you know, on the talking head shows on various networks, I just the, that 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 25 and a half million they're saving just outweighs so many of the other pros.
2: Yeah. I mean, and and that was that was factored into the decision to trade up for Trey Lance to begin with. Correct. Just the idea that you could get him like what, eight to twelve million dollars over his first four seasons versus two and three times that for right. a veteran quarterback. So um. let's let's dive into
1: what this offseason is going to look like a little bit, though, from from a standpoint of when the 49ers are maneuvering, whether it's in the draft or in free agency, what holes are there going to be on the roster? Because so much of what we talked about this year was the places that this team was deficient. I think we saw some offensive line problems and secondary problems against the Rams. Obviously, the quarterback stuff we talked about a lot this year. So let's let's dive into some of that and then maybe some of the other the other background issues that that are created by some of the free agents um, that are that are going to hit the market this offseason we have a list let's just start at the top of that list
2: and and kind of roll through you go first do we want to just hit each each bullet point one by one and talk about them as we talk about them yeah list them and then go back through okay no we'll, we'll start at each bullet point okay Um, So I I just sat down and brainstormed the the first one that really stuck out to me was interior offensive line Mm -hmm. Um, because Lake and Tomlinson, the starting left guard playing in the pro bowl this weekend as a free agent, Alex Mack. uh, I think he was a pro bowl alternate. Um, He's undecided on whether or not he'll play pro bowl. Is he in the pro bowl? Okay. Okay. Um, Tom Compton, somebody who's gotten time at uh, interior offensive line is also a free agent. And, I wrote down Aaron banks in this just because he's a question mark. And like, you don't, I, I don't know if you, if the 49ers are counting on Aaron banks to fill potentially starting a role next year. Yeah. So like, I just wrote him down cause you're not entirely sure. So there's a potential that, you know, they have to find a left guard and a center um, and, you know, Dan- Daniel, Daniel Brunskill under contract, but that's certainly to me, a spot that you could potentially upgrade. So it's just a very interesting offseason for the interior of the offensive line because we know how important the center is for Kyle Shanahan's offense based on the resources that they've invested, right? Like when Weston Richburg was around, they gave him one of the biggest contracts in the league for the position. Um, Alex Mack, obviously an all-decade player. He didn't cost a ton, but his, his value is, is what's between his ears, right? And so mm-hmm. it's it's tough, particularly out of – Eyes,
1: nose, mouth.
2: Right. <laughs> right. It's tough with, um, with, I mean, without a first round pick, you don't feel great about like, yeah, we're just going to draft a center in the first round and, and just go. Right. Um, so I, I think that's a very interesting scenario. Um, you could go when we'll talk about draft needs and all that stuff, but like if the 49ers use their second round pick on an interior offensive lineman who could potentially play center down the line and maybe start at guard in the meantime, like, I wouldn't have any problem with that like that. And that's, that does, that speaks to where things are at with the interior of the offensive line, but there's a pretty good chance that they decide to invest some of that money that they're, that they're creating by trading Jimmy Garoppolo in Lakin Tomlinson because Lakin Tomlinson is their best free agent in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And you talked about Mike McGlinchey. I I just, I think when it comes to the offensive line, Lakin Tomlinson just has to be like the top priority. And just shoring up that left side because you talk about Alex Mack. You don't know if he has even one more year left in him. Right guard is a problem still like Daniel Brunskill can't be your starting right guard next year. And then Mike, ideally he wouldn't.
2: (laughs) Ideally he wouldn't be.
1: And, and I think he's a great, Reserve and you feel great if he has to spot start for a couple games, but I think over a 17 game season in the playoffs, he's not the guy you want starting a right
2: guard for you. He, he was and not then, the Aaron Donald stopper in the NFC championship game that he turns seemed, out seemed to be <laughs> in Who'd have the, thunk in the previous matches.
1: And then, and then, you know, Mike McGlinchey's a question mark coming back from the injury, although I think he's going to be fine. I, I think Mike McGlinchey's a pretty good player. So I,
2: I actually spoke to him before the NFC Championship game huh? on the field, and he said he was, he was feeling really good. He was working out uh, on the field. So I think there's a good chance he'll be full go by the time the offseason starts, for whatever. So
1: that would, be, that would be good. And assuming he gets back to form, you feel pretty good about Mike McGlinchey, but if you let Tomlinson walk, you now have to fill a left guard spot you may have to fill the center spot. Maybe they feel great about Jake Brendel. Um, right guard still a question mark. And then right tackle long term, like I said, is a little bit of a question mark, although I think McGlinchey fine. But you could potentially, if you let Tomlinson walk, go into the offseason, needing to fill all three interior line spots. I just yeah. don't think that's a
2: situation that they want to be in. So. Or if you do have to fill left guard and center, you probably don't have the resources to upgrade a right guard, too. Right. Aaron
1: Banks being a starting caliber player would be a really significant
2: deal for them. Yeah. Yeah. And they need to like, figure that out. Um, and Jalen Moore
1: also was supposed to kick inside this year and never did.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Jalen Moore could be, could be a guy that they, I think Jalen Moore is good enough to be a starting offensive lineman in the league. I know he, I he didn't get playing time in, in the second half of the season and fell behind Colton McKivitts. Um, I'm kind of curious to figure out what, what happened there. Um, But yeah, Jalen Moore should factor in. I think we saw enough of him to, to think that, yeah, he, if he turned into a starting guard, that wouldn't be the worst, uh, that wouldn't be the worst situation for the 49ers.
1: Yeah. I think, I think between Moore and Banks and Brunskill, like I said, if Banks or Moore can become a starting, a starting caliber player, like an upgrade over Brunskill, that's, that's a big deal for them, but I think just having Tomlinson, who's a really, really high quality player, you just can't let that guy walk out the door with all the question marks around the rest of the line, right? I just, I just don't think that that's a, a viable team building strategy.
2: Now that we got the flashiest and sexiest um, position, yeah. let's get out of the way. Gritty. Let's, let's, let's get, yeah, let's, let's go to the next one. Um, so,
1: what? Well, This is just... We don't have to spend a ton of time on this. Who the hell is going to be the backup quarterback?
2: I, If I were John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, I would be willing to overpay for Marcus Mariota. Not like overpay wildly. Mm -hmm. But if Trey Lance is your starting quarterback, I think a veteran backup is important. And a veteran backup who we know could potentially run Kyle Shanahan's offense like he can do a run first offense he's accurate he's notoriously accurate sort of short passes over the middle of the field very similar to a quarterback the 49ers just employed um, for quite a long time he has playoff experience um, and I'm not saying you'd ever want a backup quarterback to start a playoff game or even play in a playoff game but if you were looking at the available quarterbacks and said, all right, we have to go win a playoff game. I think Marcus Mariota is probably way up there on that list. So for all those reasons, I th- I think I would be willing to overpay. And plus regarded as like an a plus human, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody who's ever encountered Marcus Mariota, like loves him. And that's really, that stuff really matters.
1: good human. Yes.
2: Yeah. That stuff matters. And, and when, you know, you're talking about like, we've talked about culture and guys wanting to go to work and all that stuff. That stuff matters. So I would, I would overpay for Mariota. I, I mean, there are, there are a bunch of guys and it's probably not a super huge priority for them, but I just think having a veteran sounding board for Trey Lance um, and somebody who could potentially play for you in a big spot uh, would be my goal in terms of filling out that spot.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's also somebody that can't, I don't think, can lead to some kind of controversy
2: in camp if lance is struggling i don't think there's going to be any controversy in camp i mean lance would have to throw Dang. like five interceptions of practice for him not to be the starter so here are some other names that jump out to me
1: yeah. ryan fitzpatrick uh tarod taylor you mentioned marcus Mariota. And then what if they just wanted to go full blown Patrick Mahomes redux and sign Chad Henney as the backup, (laughs) you know, Chad Henny can help out a QB one. Sure. I like the Mariota idea though, because if, if Lance is unavailable for some reason, you can, for the most part, put a similar style of quarterback back there in terms of athleticism, Mariota doesn't have half the
2: arm Lance does, but no, you could also go get Nick Mullins.
1: Yeah, boy, could I mean, could you uh,
2: although I know you did say I know you did say you want to avoid quarterback controversy with the backup choice, but you could right. Nick Mullins.
1: Yeah, you could get. Are you suggesting
2: <laughs> here they trade Lance to, and then get <laughs> well, he's a free agent. So, I mean, maybe for, just give up something to like, there's no there's no good joke here. He's a free agent. You don't have to trade for him. I was
1: going yeah, okay. <laughs> to so, uh, give go. the league Moving a graphic. On. Nope. Yeah, just give up and just punt and pick.
2: Yeah. No, we're not doing that.
1: Um. I just uh, so I think backup quarterback is going to be really, really interesting,
2: and in who yeah. they decide to put behind Trey Lance, it'll be interesting. Um. Cornerback, I think, mm-hmm. is probably the biggest one outside of interior offensive line because, um, Kwan Williams is a free agent. Dante Johnson's a free agent, and Josh Norman's a free agent. Um. Jason Verrett's obviously a free agent. So that's a lot of guys who played a lot of snaps for you and one who was your top cornerback when week one started. Um, So, yeah, they need corners, but, you know, they they do have starters in Emmanuel Mosley and Ambry Thomas. What I don't know is how eager the front office is to find a veteran, potentially somebody expensive to unseat one of those guys or if they feel comfortable enough with rolling it back with those guys, assuming Ambry Thomas just gets better and Emmanuel Mosley just Mm -hmm. gets better uh to save some money. But man, if you're the Niners and there's no JC Jackson out there, that's that's awfully enticing, right? Because your window is now. You have a rookie, you have a quarterback on a rookie contract now. Um, so that's sort of the whole point of this thing is that you got to pay guys. Um, you have an opportunity to pay guys, I should say, with Lance playing mm-hmm. at a discounted rate.
1: Yeah, and I just don't. I don't think. Okay, maybe they they're fine with Emmanuel Mosley and Ambry Thomas as their starters. But are you are you bringing back k k1 Williams? Do you trust Diamador Lenore in the slot? And to get a corner, I just don't think you can go get the Josh Normans of the world and the, and the Drake Patrick's of the world and say, okay, this is the cornerback room now. Like the, the, the position is too important to lack depth the way they did this year. Like that killed them. Jason Verrett goes down. Emmanuel Mosley goes down and they had like, they had nothing. Yeah. They were in a
2: bad spot early in the season. They have to avoid that again.
1: And they, they wound up fine, obviously, but that's not a, just if you can avoid being in that spot going into a year, you should. And I just don't think that that Mosley and Thomas and some draft picks and a veteran who comes on the cheap is, is going to be enough. And how much better do you feel about the cornerback room? Just real quick. If you're signing J.C. Jackson and now it's J.C. Jackson and either Ambry Thomas or Emmanuel Mosley, whoever wins that spot. And your first corner off the bench is one of Emmanuel Mosley or Amber Thomas. You probably feel way better about that.
2: Yeah. And you remember Emmanuel Mosley was he played slot when he first got here. So that's an option too, potentially. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you can throw safety in sort of the same conversation, I think, because you're not sure about the long term future of Jimmy Ward. I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, extending him. He's in the last year of that three-year contract he signed before 2020. 20, 20? Yes, I believe 2020. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. in the same offseason as Armstead. Um, Correct. So they, I mean, you're you you you're not certain what you're going to get from Tavarius Moore, though I would assume he would be healthy coming off mm-hmm. the Achilles tear that cost him all of last season. Um, And then you have Talano Fonga, but you have Joukowsky Tard, who's a free agent.
1: Mm-hmm
2: and man had a pretty nice year he had a good year i'm just very interested to see like are they eager to move on do they bring him back does what happened in the nfc championship game matter from that standpoint like i know fans aren't going to be thrilled at the idea even though he is a pretty solid player when he's healthy problem is he's also not been healthy for a significant part of his career but yeah, that's an the the entire secondary is really interesting because they could make a they can make a reasonable case for bringing that most of that group back, but it could also get blown up, or they could add you know multiple guys. Um, but we'll see. I would try to bring back Dante Johnson. He's not going to cost much. Yeah, you can play like multiple positions. Yeah, he, he special can special team a- stalwart. He can start a playoff game for you against Aaron Rodgers. No big deal. You talk, and I, I do want to zoom out a little bit because you mentioned like how much the cornerback situation hurt him early in the season. I think one thing that should be noted just about the year as a whole, how much different would the 49ers have looked in the NFC championship game potentially if they weren't a six seed that had to go and play every game on the road? Yeah. Right. Like the 49ers could have been if they didn't have their terrible start, they could have been a three and four seed opened up the playoffs at home and then maybe they look different. There's less attrition. Um, You know, they had four straight road games Mm -hmm. and including one, you know, week 18 and then the Dallas game and then the Packers game and then back to L.A. If One of those is a home game. Do they have a little do do they play a little bit better in the fourth quarter of the NFC championship game? Like it's just a question worth asking. and that's why. That three and five start, no one four or four game losing streak was impactful. And that's why we're talking about the quarterback situation.
1: Well, if they were a three or four seed, they might be playing the NFC championship at home.
2: Yeah, that too. <laughs> so
1: yeah, no, I I and don't get it twisted. Like the cornerback situation was a problem. It wasn't like the only oh, problem. Absolutely. But, I just never forget
2: Drake Kirkpatrick getting mossed and run over. In those key moments, when he could have had an interception against the and Colts, just, <laughs> and just made a tackle there's against that, Arizona,
1: right? There's that play. There's, um, I mean, there were several plays against the Packers in the first game that better cornerback play would have would have helped immensely. I think,
2: yeah. So exactly.
1: they 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 definitely have to get better in that spot. If it's Emmanuel Mosley and Ambry Thomas, fine, but they need better depth
2: for and sure. they need a sock corner. Yes. He is slot corner no matter what because Kaywan Williams is on the wrong side of 30. And, like, look, he's a good player, but do you, do you pay Kaywan Williams to and, come back or do you invest elsewhere?
1: And I also think you can't, you can't, not necessarily specifically relating to Kaywan Williams, but I also don't think you want to over invest in the position trying to because of what Cooper Cup did in the NFC Championship game. You don't want to, like, like, invest every resource you have into finding somebody to, like, stop Cooper Cup because you're not going to find somebody who does that. Right. You know, like, he just torches everybody. The so guy, The I, guys
2: I, who do that are, there are very few of them and they make a boatload of money and probably more than the 49ers could afford.
1: Right. And they're probably not free agents.
2: And one place yeah. for the record. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one, one is on Cooper Cup's team. Yeah. Um, let's let's I, I I move the list around a little bit because if if we're talking about the Niners defense and we're talking about the secondary, we also have to talk about the defensive line yeah. because that's where the 49ers want to build their defense from. Now, Nick Bost is still around. Eric Armstead is still going to be around. But you mentioned D Ford um, likely gone if he ever, if if not retiring because of that back injury which sounds like it's just going to kind of be a problem for the rest of his career um so you have dj jones maurice hurst arden key and jordan willis are all free agents i know none of those are like huge names from a star power standpoint but all of those guys and we didn't see a lot of maurice hurst this year but the other guys are bona fide legitimate rotation players on a defensive line that wants to be deep and relentless
2: they were quality players in their roles in their yes. depth roles. Like they played well, the Bravo unit, as Chris Kosurik likes to call it, um, which gets a lot of run in like the second quarter, like first and second down on certain drives to give the the starters a rest. Like that's, you know, those guys are important. Um, I, I'm curious to see because I mean, we've seen it before. We saw it with Kerry Hyder, right? Like does Arden key now, Have value to other teams and is he going to you know parlay his pretty good season into a decent little contract somewhere else that certainly seems plausible Um, DJ Jones is fascinating man because he's a good player but on the other hand you just had a season where Eric Armstead kicked inside and played really well and Javon Kinlaw might be best off in that nose tackle role that DJ Jones had so you know, do you move forward knowing that, all right, we're going to rely less on Javon Kinlaw as a three technique, which we initially thought he would be, have him be more of a nose player, and then make up the difference by not having DJ Jones next year by giving those snaps to Kinlaw and maybe finding another, a more traditional nose tackle late in the draft. Because remember, DJ Jones was a 6 arm pick. So if you're a good scouting department, you could potentially get one, get one of those guys late. Um, I don't know what they're going to do I I think if I'm the if I I would imagine the 49ers are going to have a limit on what they'd be willing to spend on DJ Jones and it wouldn't surprise me if another team trumps it that's kind of where I'm at with where he's at like they'll be like yeah sure five six million but some teams will be like you know three years and 24 it'd be like well okay you know (laughs) best of luck
1: I'm I'm fascinated by the Arden Key situation. Like, what does his market look like?
2: Probably very similar to Carry Hider's. But he's, I mean, but he's more of an interior guy.
1: He's just like over the course of the season became like their second best interior defensive lineman, at yeah, third.
2: Yeah, second I mean, best was, interior pass rusher. He had some moments. He definitely had some moments. I don't know but I think Arden Key like because they've done this now they did it with Kerry Hyder last year they did it with Arden Key this year they could potentially I mean it could be Jordan Willis next year for all we know if they decide to bring sure. him back because he's not going to be expensive I
1: think Key and Willis both come back
2: I think Willis is more likely to come back than Key I think he's probably sure. going to get more money elsewhere if I had to guess I'm again this is all guesswork at this point
1: Um, I think DJ Jones is going to get signed as to semi big money somewhere if it's in san francisco it won't make waves but if it's like new england it's gonna get lauded as this like wow bill belichick does it again bill kind in of, his back. yeah smart smart football guys who have never right. talked about dj jones in their lives are going to become dj jones experts and talk about how this is the best signing of the offseason under just the radar guy, great signing
2: he's, he's just been in a really good defensive line room for a long time you remember, you know, the awareness to to blow up that fake field goal on Monday night that I just saw on YouTube when I searched <laughs> DJ Jones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just DJ Jones is a really,
1: really, really high quality football player. And if the 49ers can bring him back. The, I, I I think that's something they should do. Also like, a quality human. To me, it's Laken Tomlinson one, DJ Jones two, in terms of the rankings of players they need to resign. Yeah. Or that they should resign. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't want to say they need to resign him because it's not like if DJ Jones walks, they're
2: screwed. But yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's do these next two sort of in a group together. Um. Receiver and running back. So Mohamed Sanu, Trent Sherfield, Tra- and Travis Benjamin are free agents. Um. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. Also free agents. So it would make sense for the 49ers to have a lot of turnover and or a lot of just overall movement at those spots. And you feel good about, obviously, Elijah Mitchell as your starting running back. But, you know, the two guys that you would likely have behind him are free agents. Trey Sermon, obviously, he'll play more next year, you would think. You would hope <laughs> from a third-round pick. Who yeah, for real. Didn't really do much at all at his rookie season. I mean, then at receiver, like, you feel good about your top three guys, obviously, with Juwan Jennings now sort of establishing himself as that number four role. But, you know, I think the 49ers would be wise to invest a draft pick in a speedy slot guy or just a slot guy who can return punts and kicks like Trent Taylor with speed is is I think some somebody the 49ers should add
1: Yeah, Who's there? And I guess it's Debo. But I just feel like there's not a go to type of guy who's not a number one.
2: Well, it should be George Kittle, but for whatever reason, he was a forgotten part of the passing game late in the year.
1: Right. It should be George Kittle. Theoretically, it could be Brandon Ayuk, who's a really good slot receiver. But no, just that like that Hunter Renfro, Wes Welker. They need a Uh, white
2: guy is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, Rondell Moore. (laughs) Um, No, I just, they, they, there's a very distinct type of receiver that I feel like every good receiving core has. And they just, and maybe it's Juwan Jennings and the archetype is just not there. Maybe he's just that kind of, you know, the big slot that we've joked about. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's just what it is. And he's the guy that's going to get
2: him five to eight yards whenever they need it. Yeah, maybe he's a chain mover and he just does it in a way that we don't typically associate with slots, slot receivers. But yeah. um, I still like they need to make a returner a priority. Because just throwing Brandon Ayuk out there, he, you know, he was he didn't kill him. He wasn't particularly good. He got the got risk point... reward
1: of putting one of your top two receivers back to return kicks or punts just doesn't it doesn't fit
2: well and he wasn't better than travis benjamin so okay, like fair <laughs> <laughs> so that's you know obviously obviously something to think about but i think i mean i expect the 49ers to draft a receiver every year so i i would i would expect that if they did draft a guy that guy would be either good in the slot and or a good returner and somebody who could do both ideally would would add a lot of value to this roster in my opinion
1: connor Weddington, do anything for you
2: I don't know who that is, but yes,
1: sure. Just resented. Just signed into a reserve future contract. Oh, okay, great. Make
2: I really poured over. Stanford. I really poured over that list of uh, the reserve guys they brought back. You
1: can find a list and a brief bio on each one at NinersWire.com. Chris, I'll I'll give that a look. Maybe
0: maybe nice. for next week's pod. <laughs> um, Let's, let-
2: did, did we hit on? I think we hit on all of them. I guess we should list the top free agents. We we talked about a bunch of them, but we should just name can I- them real quick. Yeah. We also we also didn't bring up tight end. Oh
1: yeah. Ross It wouldn't agent. surprise me if the 49ers draft a tight end really high.
2: No. Like Before... se- like
1: second or like second or third round if they go after a legit like athletic type of pass catching tight end.
2: That is a very good point, And I'm mad I didn't think about it. Because you look at what Baltimore's done with Lamar Jackson and a run-centric offense that incorporates the quarterback in the running game, having a pass-catching tight end could work. And with everything we just said about a slot receiver to move the chains or whatever on third and four, that potentially could be a tight end. Mm-hmm. So and they they
1: run enough two tight end sets that that having having a second player that isn't no disrespect to Ross Dwelly or 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 Charlie Werner but they're not threats as pass catchers
2: right like a Jordan Reed type
1: yeah like if so if 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 Jordan Reed if (laughs) uh if if the Niners had a player who could who could be an inline blocker but also had to be respected as a pass catcher like that's just another layer of of that you know positionless uh football that We've seen Kyle Shanahan kind of uh, perfect over the last
2: couple of years. I'm in on this idea. I think so, just way too early. I'm looking 49ers, at free agent tight ends,
1: right? Real quick. Go ahead.
2: Okay. So, if the 49ers took, let's just say, like acceptable positions to address in the second round of the draft, they pretty much got to go best player available, but best player available at cornerback, uh, slot cornerback, receiver, tight end interior offensive line potentially man offensive tackle the entire defensive line like if they just added a good defensive lineman from the second round like that would be justifiable Mm -hmm. so like yeah it's a wide array of positions that they could address early in the draft and nobody should have any problem with that just take the best player available yeah they can't
1: they they have too many needs to try and go by position just get get a good player
2: (laughs) Who can can contribute right Don't draft for
1: need. All right. I'm going to run through some real quick. I'm going to run through some free agent tight ends for you. These are all unrestricted free agents. This is why
2: everybody downloaded these podcasts. Let's go. You're welcome. (laughs) Subscribe now. (laughs) Gerald Everett. Okay. Eric Ebron. Uh,
1: Jared Cook. uh, Robert Tunyon.
2: uh, Okay.
1: Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of
2: interesting. This is Ooh, my that's favorite. Gonna be, that's going to be a decent amount of cash, though.
1: Okay, I have I have two other ones before I give you my two favorites. Hayden Hurst. Ooh. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's interesting. He's a fascinating player. I that's don't think he's very, very... good. That's right, a... you ready. Yeah, let's go. You ready for these two? David and Joku. OJ Howard (laughs) yeah I I want I want all of those players to be on the 49ers because I feel like we would get maximum potential out of all of them (laughs) we would just see we would see just a
2: new version of that of every single one of those players it would be very funny to see Kyle Shanahan just like trot out an offense with 10 tight ends (laughs) (laughs) or 11 <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, saying all
1: of them, but they could use one of them.
2: Right. All right. Let's lift the top. their their top free agents that uh, that we might have already said, uh, but just so we can get out of here. All right. Lakin Tomlinson DJ Jones, K1 Williams Raheem Oster, Jekwoski Tart, Jeff Wilson Jr., Dante Johnson, Ross Welly, and Tom Compton. I just had to throw Tom Compton in there. Honestly. Okay, Look.
1: Look. <laughs> I did a thing at Nyerswire where I was like the six free agents. They need to prioritize resigning.
2: Did you, and I really con-
1: contemplated it, bro, because look, do you want him starting 14 games at right tackle? No. Do you want him starting any games? Preferably not, but having a veteran reserve offensive lineman, who's your seventh or eighth guy who, you know, can play tackle in a pinch and, you know, can play interior.
2: I just, I
1: think that that, that matters.
2: <laughs> it does. It matters to the tune of like two or $3 million.
1: Yeah. yeah right. What? A, <laughs> it's not like he's going to be a sought after commodity. And I think he's, right. he's a valuable, he's a valuable, uh, put now, if you can find a better version of that, great, do it. You know, if that's going to, if that's what Jalen Moore is going to be, and Aaron Banks is going to be a starting caliber player and you can Colton go from McKibitz. there. Fine. Colton McKivitt's another one like great but i just think that tom compton has a like can be on a roster and you feel okay about it
2: you'll certainly feel something about it <laughs> <laughs> uh let's I'm, let's get i'm out here. not
1: ready for the tom compton era to be over
2: there, all right i said it okay well uh we'll see how this works out for you um <laughs> I am going to rewatch Trey Lance at some point over the next few days. And I think you should too, if you have time for a homework assignment, Kyle, and we should talk about it. On uh, the preparation. Ugh. <laughs> talk about our takes from Trey Lance's start in Arizona and, uh, and against Houston. So we can bring those back and have fresh per- per- perspectives. Easy for me to say. Um, And that's what we'll do. So subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was a fun season, by the way. We didn't thank everybody for for hanging out the whole year. Um, the podcast numbers were dramatically increased over over the last season. Um, I think people a lot more people are reaching out. Uh, I think the Cooperage thing was a big deal, and um, we actually never got final numbers on that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little digging and see if we can get some of those. But we plan on doing another Cooperage event before next off season uh, before the next season starts. If you missed it, we had a lot of fun. We might actually take a group picture next time. Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> um, I legit
1: I I have I enjoy football so much more because of this podcast and the every time i tweet something during a game somebody responds to some kind of version of a bit from the show and that just like uh that stuff just it's great it it legitimately like makes football more fun for me so shout out to everybody who listens and shout out to you for doing this pod with me
2: oh yeah shout out to you shout out to shout out to the listeners it's all. I mean, it's it's a sport, man. Like, yeah, let's have fun so doing it. Right that, that it feels like there's so many people just like who's so like they have to be right, and everyone who doesn't agree with them is like, you know, just like makes people angry. It's like, man, it's football. We all have different takes. Who cares? All right? No, I'm not gonna get that. Unless you
1: disagree with me, and then I'm out on you.
2: <laughs> well, that's what like the mute and block functions for on Twitter. It's fine. Totally. We don't have to get upset about it.
1: Can I mute this Zoom?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Alright, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. We'll watch, we'll rewatch Trey Lance and have some Trey Lance you. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh,
1: oh, O'Reilly! Auto Parts.